Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Morning, everybody. Uh, once again, my name is Chef Kerr. Happy Football Friday, and yeah, we're we're gonna have a good one today, folks. Um, so pretty much, we're gonna preview the NFC East all the week two games. I want to get started though for those of you who did watch the game on uh, last night, Chiefs and the Chargers. Terrific game. Uh, Chargers built a ten nothing lead, and then the Chiefs rallied back. Um, they, they came back, they won 27-24. To me, it was 27-17 because they, they did kick the field goal with three minutes left to build a 10-point lead. But the Chiefs show, once again, they are the best team in the AFC East, and the AFC East runs through them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is incredible in the month of September now. 48 touchdowns, three interceptions. Oh, yeah, yeah, the AFC West, sorry. Uh, Tone's... <laughs> Tones in my ear already. It's early, guys. It's really early. Yeah, the Chiefs own the AFC West. It's the NFC show, so, you know, it's Friday. What do you want me to do? <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 48 touchdowns, three interceptions in the month of September. That's absolutely insane. Patrick Mahomes has 11 wins since the start of 2018 when his team trails by 10 points or more. He's the only player over 500 when his team is down 10 points in a game. He's 11 to 9 when the Chiefs go down 10 points since 2018, including the postseason. I just don't know what to say anymore. Like, the guy's the best quarterback in the NFL. And for people to slander this guy left and right and say, oh, Josh Allen's better. Justin Herbert's better. Aaron Rodgers is better. Tom Brady's better. No, it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. I don't want to hear that BS Super Bowl performance. No, he didn't have an offensive line. They, they, they were on third stringers. No. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. He proves it every single week. When you overanalyze Patrick Mahomes, you're just making a fool out of yourself. Just like Eagles fans seem to do with Jalen Hurts these days. You're, you're, you're starting to make a fool out of yourself. Because they just prove you wrong every week. Patrick Mahomes does this every single week. Throws touchdowns, makes unbelievable plays to keep his team in games. He just had his second consecutive game where he found nine different receivers. So much for it, the Chiefs are worse about Tyree Kill, which we all know was BS. We all knew that wasn't the case. If you really pay attention, the Chiefs are deeper. They are deeper this year, and they're better. They're a better football team. Defensively, offensively, they got weapons across the board. Oh, and the greatest head coach in Eagles history, Andy Reid, is their coach. One of the greatest coaches in NFL history. And he's got Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, right now, you really have to like 
what the Kansas City Chiefs are, are doing. They're a pretty good football team. They're a very good football team, as a matter of fact. And, look, the AFC West runs through them. They do. They own the division. Patrick Holmes is 21-3 against the division. He owns it. They own it. The Kansas City Chiefs are really good. The Chargers had this team on the ropes. And Justin, uh, not Justin Watson. Um, God, I'm, I'm, I'm losing track of the Watsons already. Um, the seventh round pick. Just unbelievable play. I wanted to touch base with the whole Gerald Everett thing, too. And Rob Ellis is my guest today. We're going to talk about this as well. I saw people criticizing Gerald Everett for essentially giving up. Yeah, when you play nine straight plays in a no-haul offense, you just catch a 31-yard pass in full pads at the highest level. That's not giving up. When you want to get taken out of the game, that's not giving up. You're tired. Brandon Staley should have took his starting tight end out. And, look, Justin Herbert doesn't know that, that how beat he is. He's just running the route that's provided. But Gerald Everett just looked gassed on that 99-yard interception return. So, Chiefs are really good. Chargers are still really good. But the AFC, East run, uh, the AFC West runs through the Chiefs. The AFC West runs through the Chiefs. Bottom line. Bottom line. So we got some NFC East games this weekend. Obviously, we got the Giants and the Panthers. I'm really watching Christian McCaffrey in this one. I just think it's inexcusable a guy like Christian McCaffrey gets 14 touches in a football game when he's healthy in week one. And I get it. He doesn't play much because he's been hurt. Where it's hamstring, ankle, ACL, whatever. He's been hurt. And he's got a massive contract. But the Panthers have to play this guy more. They have to give him the ball more. It's like the Eagles with Devonta Smith, right? 14 touches is his fewest touches in the game over the past four years. You, When a team is struggling to throw the football like the Panthers did last week against Cleveland, you got to give Christian McCaffrey the football to help your quarterback out. And it seems that's a common theme in Carolina. Not helping your quarterback out. I don't care if they're good, bad, whatever. Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo do not help quarterbacks. And we're kind of seeing that bigger Mayfield right now. So, Chris McCaffrey needs to get the ball. The Panthers have the longest losing streak in the NFL, eight games. They've had 15 games lost with a one-score result. So, if the game's close, you might as well just bet the RD. You might as well just bet the RD. That's the situation they're in right now. Uh, Daniel Jones. It, it was a weird week when, you know, like I said, Kevin Boyler was on yesterday. We kind of talked about his performance. You know, good, not great, but he did complete a career high, 81% of his passes. We talk about Christian McCaffrey not getting the ball. Saquon Barkley did get the ball. He had 18 carries on Sunday. Right? He's only averaged 12.1 over the last two years. Now, Barkley's been hurt, but he only averaged 3.5 yards per carry over the last two years. Dead last in the NFL amongst qualified running backs. You know it was this year? On Sunday? 9.1 yards per carry. The Giants are getting him the football. 
And I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it very much because they need to give him the football to win football games. Saquon Barkley needs the football. The Panthers should take a note from the Giants, which is ironic, to say the least. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau and Jesus Ziari, I, I talk about them a lot. They are limited. They're limited in practice. We'll see if they come. Look, the Giants were able to get pressure on Tennessee last week without those two. They're going to be facing an offensive line that may be worse. Is that something to watch? It's going to be interesting. That'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting matchup because I don't like the Panthers' offensive line right now, and I don't think they did a good enough job in the draft addressing it. Um, they drafted the key, uh, the, the left tackle, but again, they just did not have that many picks because they made a bonehead move and trade for Sam Darnold. Um, Aaron Robinson's going to be out. That, that was a starting quarterback, by the way. They're, the Giants are really thin at quarterback, so the Panthers will be able to pass the ball in there. Um, I don't know who the left guard is going to be. It might be Ben, ben Branson again. Their third-round pick, we'll see. There's going to be no limit on Saquon Barkley. I don't know who to go in this one, honestly, because I think the Giants can go 2-0, but I just don't know. Right now, my mind saying Carolina, I'd probably stay away from this game, though, if I'm doing the Super Contest, if I'm trying to bet on it, I'd probably stay away from this game. My mind's going Carolina right now, but we'll see, because I think the Giants can easily win this game. Um, a familiar face. We're playing in the NFC East this week. The Commanders play the Lions. Lions played really well against the Eagles last week, and I think the Commanders are a step down from the Eagles. The Lions are favored in this game for the first time in 24 games. They haven't been favored since November of 2020. So it's the first time in Dan Campbell era they've been favored. It's an interesting little storyline there for you. Um, look, I, I liked, I was watching the Commanders-Jaguars game. Curtis Samuel's in the backfield a little bit, but J.D. McKissick, that's an interesting look that they're, that they're putting out there. Something to watch. Jonathan Williams has been with Antonio Gibson while Brian Robertson, um, Robinson heals from the gunshot wounds. He's back in practice this week, so pretty developing story there. The Commanders do like to hold the football. They have the football for 32 minutes and 57 seconds on Sunday. So you're going to see a, a lot of short passes from Carson Wentz again, especially against the Lions secondary that particularly isn't good, but you got to watch the big plays. Um, I think they'll be watching a lot of that tape from the Eagles game, what, what the Eagles are able to do. I think Carson Wentz is going to zero in on a guy like Terry McLaurin, but, or maybe a John Dodson, because the Lions couldn't stop A.J. Brown last week. So... What are they going to do when they face just as good of a receiving core in Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel? The only difference is Washington doesn't have a tight end to go to, like the Eagles did with Dallas Goddard. So that may equalize it a bit. Um, the Lions were perfect in the red zone last week. They were perfect in the red zone. So that's something to monitor, too, how Washington's red zone defense is. They did allow 123 rushing yards. Yeah, I know DeAndre Smith, Swift's been banged up with an ankle injury. So we'll see there. We'll see there. Um, but, again, Washington allowed 123 rush, rushing yards last week. So maybe Detroit can run the ball. They do have Jamal Williams. So, and they do have a really good offensive line. Uh, 
I think they got a pound Antonio Gibson in this game. I I, I do. I, I I think Washington does need to give the rock to Gibson, let him do his thing. Just my opinion on this. I I think Washington's gonna win. I think they're gonna be two and zero. But again. Like this Detroit team. I do. And if Detroit plays like they did against the Eagles last week, they will win. They will beat them. But I do think Washington's going to win. I think there's going to be enough adjustments made. Dallas to Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a mess. What an absolute mess. Um, I Look, they have a chance because of their defense. Pittsburgh got to them against that O-line. Seven times. They got to Joe Burrow seven times. They Burrow had a career high five giveaways. The Cowboys led the league in turnovers last year. So, you know, you guys do the math. Cincinnati's offensive line is better talent-wise. But, and here's the but, they didn't show anything on Sunday. Against the Steelers from T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward. That's the test. And T.J. Watt was out. Pittsburgh was still able to get pressure on Burrow. Yeah, 15 pressures, four interceptions. It's a good day. I think the Cowboys can generate 15 pressures against the Bengals' offensive line. Here's the difference. Can the offense score 20 points with Cooper Rush? Can they do it one week? I don't know. I'm not sure. I just don't think the Cowboys have the talent offensively to match up with Cincinnati. And I think Cincinnati is a good enough team that they won't start 0-2. I just think that was a tough. Divisional game. Cincinnati's going now. They have a prove-it game. Teams that go 0-2 don't make the playoffs. Teams that go 0-2 do not make the playoffs. Just bottom line. So, at least last year they did I don't like Dallas' chances in this. I think their defense keeps them in the football game. But I think Joe Burrow makes enough plays to Jamar Chase, to T. Higgins, to Joe Mixon. They may win ugly. It may be like a 23-17 win. The Dallas game gets 17 points. Maybe I'm getting Dallas on a lot of credit here. But they don't have an offensive line. They got to rely on Ezekiel Elliott, which is bad because his rushing yards per game just keeps dipping, 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 dipping. I don't know. I just... Uh, look, I'm just not optimistic about the Cowboys right now. <laughs> I'm not optimistic. I'm um, just looking at their wide receiver core as we speak. Dennis Houston, really, behind C.D. Lamb. Noah Brown. Michael Gallup's got to play. Michael Gallup's got to play. Yeah, I'm not I'm not optimistic about this game. Um, so, I'm again, Giants-Panthers, it's tough. Kind of leading, leading Giants, but... I think Carolina can win. That's a game I'm staying away from. I do think Washington's going to get to 2 0. And I think the Giants are, I mean, not the Giants, the Cowboys, I, I think they're going to be 0 2. We'll preview Eagles game Monday. Eagles do play Monday. I'm going to get this off my chest quick. Why does everybody hate Jalen Hurts? It feels like all the vocal minority is coming out to saying Jalen Hurts runs too much. Jalen Hurts isn't a good quarterback. Jalen Hurts ain't a pocket passer. Jalen Hurts is this. Jalen Hurts is that. Jalen Hurts, you know, it gets old, guys. It's week two. It's getting old. He played well last week. They won. I don't know what you want. You know what tells me? 
this tells me personally, when you criticize the quarterback, you don't know anything about football. You don't know anything. You're just criticizing the criticize at this point. I mean, the same people who detract Jalen Hurts are the same people who thought Carson Wentz was good. So, I don't know. I'm not saying it's anybody here in the comments section because I don't think it is. But I see it on Twitter, folks. I do see it on Twitter. And it's the same people every single day that want attention. They just want me to put out a stat there that proves them wrong. I guess because they need a sense of accomplishment in their life because Jalen Hurts has had a lot of that. You know, the Eagles have the second best record in football since week 10 of last year. The Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles have the second best record in the NFL since week 10 of last year. That is no joke. A lot of that has to do with the quarterback. And I don't want to hear about the competition. No. You play who's on your schedule and you beat who's on your schedule. And I don't want to hear about that playoff loss to the Bucs because Quez Watkins was your number two. Stop. I don't want to hear it. The Eagles weren't beating that Bucs team last year. Jalen Hurts could have played Patrick Mahomes-like. They were not beating the Bucs last year. So just stop with your unrealistic expectations on this quarterback. It gets old. It's week two and it's already getting old. This is why I don't like to talk about Jalen Hurts that much. I just don't. You want to talk about Jalen Hurts, there are other outlets to do that. There are. It drives me insane. You know, please understand the game. Please understand that when you're getting blitzed and you have less than a second to do anything, you go to your natural ability, which is running the football, which he's very good at. You're not going to stay in the pocket and take a hit. You're not going to stay in the pocket and take, you know, a batted ball. You're just not going to do it. You're going to buy time. You're going to create plays. Look at that Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. He does it. Justin Herbert does it. Lamar Jackson does it. Josh Allen does it. Dak Prescott does it. Kirk Cousins even does it. Just please, for once, let the guy grow and develop. He's not even 25 years old yet. I hate to know what Eagles fans saw at Donovan McNabb at 23 years old. Thank God we don't have social media. We didn't have social media then. Thank God. All right, guys. Rob Ellis is in the building. We're going to take a break. Rob Ellis, right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. 
Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. is in the house host of sports day you can hear him on wip uh you were at screwballs last night rob how was that oh it was great jeff awesome crowd man people were uh the the only challenge for the folks was waiting till monday night for the game i think that was the toughest thing they got a little taste last night with the uh, chargers and the chiefs and uh had some phillies on so they got their fix but they're they're ready to go man A, a lot of questions about the way last sunday went but they're ready so how did that work? Did they have like the the game, like the prime game, on just all all the TVs, or how was the setup there? Yeah, it was kind of a combo effort. Um, the Phillies were on about half, and then I say the other the other portion where the where the uh, yeah was the prime game with the Chiefs and the Chargers. It was. I know it's still weird for everybody getting used to it. I get it, man. It's it's going to take a while, but the I the I always try and warn people, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, but it, it's just there's just going to be more and more of it. Uh, unfortunately, that's that's where we're headed. It's just the reality of it. And I thought the NFL did a pretty good job of look. We're going to go in the streaming business, but we're not going crazy. And yeah, look, Amazon was the highest bidder in a package that I, I know CBS didn't want. I'm pretty sure Fox bailed on it, and NBC didn't want it. So why not go to the streaming route? Yeah, and look, it's not like they cheated the production value. I mean, you get Al Michaels. I, I love Kirk Herbstreit, have for years. I think it's a great move. The the replays, the, the just the whole – everything about it, the camera angles are a little bit different. It, it, once people get there – and look, hey, if people say, hey, I'm not, I'm not paying any more money. I get that completely. But if you watch the product, it's a good product. It really is. And look, they, they were fortunate they had a, a killer matchup last night between those two. I mean, that – that game, I'm sure you've talked about it a ton already, man. But the the Herbert pick, Everett looked like he was trying. If you watch the play before, he's signaling like I need to. He wanted to tap out, but they're in no huddle. They're in they're in they're in tempo, and he can't substitute, or else the, the Chiefs can substitute. He was he looked like he didn't want to make much effort on that play to try and you know break it up or help. And I'm not excusing the throw either, by the way. No, but well, first thing I thought of was. And I'd love to ask Justin Herbert about this. It's hard to get a hold of him during the season, but 
what were you thinking when you threw that? Because yeah. you, you got to know your tight end's gassed. And I'm not blaming him for that, but you do have other weapons in there. You have Mike Williams. You, you, I mean, the guy goes to DeAndre Carter in the red zone, for crying out loud. But <laughs> it, it just feels like the Chargers, they're a really good team, but Andy Reid just outcoaches Brandon Staley every single time they play. Yeah. And look, for that game, it's hard for me to kill Staley on that. For that decision, like that was on his quarterback. That's on his yeah. – you know, a spectacularly talented quarterback to just throw it away. I felt like he just got caught up in it. Like, oh, we're in a rush. I'm going to rush this. I'm going to force it. Just throw it away, man. Live to see another day. It was unlike him because he was really phenomenal before that. And they were almost able to pull something off really shorthanded. You know, when you're missing some of the pieces like Keenan Allen that they were missing, that would have been a huge win. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. Andy Reid does have their number for whatever reason. I, this is what I don't understand. And maybe it's just from the national perspective. But I keep hearing Patrick Mahomes isn't Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes isn't Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes isn't Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes is overrated. Well, every time we they say Patrick Mahomes is overrated, he does what he does on Thursday night. It, it feels like he does this every week and just doesn't get enough love for how good he actually is. It's a strange narrative. Like, I, I don't know why I get how great Tyreek Hill was, but all of a sudden that means all of Patrick Mahomes' skills, you know, dissipated. I, I, I never understood that. If you watched him, he is a spread the wealth guy. Yes, Tyreek Hill was his number one. Who he wouldn't he be a number one for? But you see what he's able to do. I think he learned a lot from last year too, Jeff. If you remember, he had a couple very unpatrick Mahomes like games, and I think he realized, all right, I maybe had to dial back some of this. It's not to say he still can't do spectacular, you know, look away throws and all that kind of stuff. But he has dialed it back to an extent, and I think that's really helped him. It also, in a weird way, helps you be able to spread the wealth when you don't have that safety blanket there. I, You know, he's still got Kelsey, which is huge, but he's going to grow these other guys. You watch. I mean, you've seen Watson. The throw to Watson last night was a perfect throw. Perfect. He's a great player. And, again, it's. I think this is his second consecutive game where he's thrown or, or nine different receivers complete in the past. It's And I, I know just from inside the Chiefs organization, they said that, you know, they were kind of excited to see what their quarterback could do because everybody did think it was Hill, it was Kelsey, and – I tried to tell people they're they're deeper at wide receiver than they ever were last year. It was Tyree Kill, and that's it. Byron Pringle and Nicole Harmon, and um, who else was in that uh, group there? Oh, uh, Demarcus Robinson. They just did not get the job done. And I think, too, you know, on top of it, those guys accepted that as a challenge. Like, Andy heard it. The enemy heard it. Mahomes heard, oh, okay, we're going to fall off, a, off the cliff here without Tyree Kill. And I think that challenge w- was good for him. You know what I was thinking last night on that on that late throw to, to Watson? The way he he climbed the pocket, Jeff, it was a step or two. And look, not everybody can make this play. He's on a different planet. Let me be clear. But it's the kind of play that you want to see from Jalen Hurts, right? You want to see him be able to just take that one step that's going to buy you that extra second and you can connect with your secondary or maybe, you know, tertiary receiver. I thought it was a it was just a spectacular play. I'm not surprised. I was surprised at the Herbert throw. It was a great game, though. Oh, it was a tremendous game, man. Did you know this, Rob? So the Chiefs now have 11 wins when they're trailed by double digits as Mahomes became their quarterback. And they're the only team in the NFL to A, have double-digit wins when trailed by 10, and B, Mahomes has a winning record when they're trailed by 10. But that's unheard of. Yeah, kind of hurts the Andy Reid falls apart late in games narrative all the time. Yeah, so, well, well, you know what I hear now? Oh, it's because he has Patrick Mahomes. I right, you can't, you can't give Reid any credit. It's got to be just Patrick Mahomes acting on his own accord. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, I, I can say I have one hot take in the sports world. Andy Reid's a better coach than Bill Belichick, bottom line. Yeah, look, I mean, to do it as long as he's done it with two different teams at this level, 
and, and never taking a, a year off, by the way. I, I thought when he left the Eagles, the best thing he could have done was take a year off. But, you know, the proof's in the pudding. He's been unbelievable. He got hired in, what, 36 hours? Was it even 36 hours at that point? Yeah, I mean, he the options were there for him. I, I but yeah, you're right. And it was a, he you got to remember too what he took over. It was a disaster there. You had some really bad things going on around that organization. He stabilized things and yeah, it's it's you you really would like to see him get another one just to sort of cement that, you know, just to, there's a separator between the guys with one and the guys with multiple, you would like to see that from him. Yeah, and I think he will just because of who his quarterback is, and yeah. it'd be even more impressive with the AFC. But I did want to get into some NFC East talk here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, really, where would that come from? NFC yeah, East, yeah, I'm not really sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we should change it to Good Morning AFC. But yeah, I, I just went on a rant about Jalen Hurts. I, I'm getting sick and tired of not even. I don't even search for Jalen Hurts on Twitter anymore, and his name comes up as it, Eagles fans act like he. He played terrible on Sunday, and I, I just don't get – what did you want him to do, stay in the pocket and take a sack? Yeah, I, I, it's weird. It's almost like you want to win, but you also want to win it a certain way, and nothing else is really going to be satisfying. It, it really is it's, – it's starting to become sort of that. Like, that was a circumstance Sunday where it wasn't like he had all day to sit in the pocket and go through primary, secondary, you know, th- whatever – he was running for his life and there are maybe two or three guys in that, in the world that could have escaped that kind of pressure to get positive yardage in that game. And he's one of them. He did what he had to do in that game, Jeff. I mean, honestly, was it a work of art all the time? No, it wasn't. Are there, were there a couple times that he, that he certainly could have uh, the one where he doesn't hit AJ in stride. Maybe could that have been a touch? Yeah, of course. But you can go back through every game and nitpick that kind of thing, that kind of thing. I thought he saved them. I really do. And look, the def- if there should be an issue with Sunday's game against Detroit, the defense has got to be front and center as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he, the offense did what they had to do to win that game. But I'm with you. That we, it's become – look, I get it more with Gannon that people are waiting to pounce. I totally get that. But, but, but Hurts, yeah, it, it was a strange circumstance. He didn't turn the ball over, and he got positive yardage out of plays that absolutely should have been negative for the most part. What upset me with Gannon, and I'm glad you mentioned Gannon, because I, I just did not like how he utilized Sam Reddick and Jordan Davis on side. I, I feel like this guy has the personnel now. The excuses are out the window, and the defense still has the same issues they did last year. If it wasn't for that secondary, I don't know what they win. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I thought the defense on every level was porous. They didn't execute well. They didn't tackle well. I thought the scheme wasn't good enough. Uh, my biggest concern, Jeff, going into the season, I, my number one of anything, how are you utilizing Hassan Reddick? Because I've seen him be utilized the wrong way the first two years of his career, and he looked like a, a flop, a total bust. Then basically Arizona acquiesced to him saying, use me this way. I'm, I'm, this will work. And he had a big year for them the last year he was there, and, and Matt Rule knew how to use him from you know Temple and all that. I was worried about Gannon figuring out the best way to utilize him, and in going back and looking at it, he looked like a guy who was out there thinking who before reacting. And we know in that league and at pretty much any sport, you're dead if that's the case. He was totally useless. I don't know. You're paying that guy a ton of money. Use him the best way possible. And I don't think they did in the game. And to your point with, with Jordan Davis, yeah, listen, to me, there's a lot of different things to dig into with Jordan Davis, but I don't think he was used as much as he could have. And if he's not in shape, Shame on him and shame on the organization. 
if that's what this is, if you're if you're trying to protect him, that you don't feel like he can last out there for, for a certain number of snaps, that's an indictment. So that's got to be fixed as well. Yeah, and that was the number one thing I, I took away from that defense on Sunday. It, it, they all just looked out of shape. It, yep. it looked like – and I've been to the training camp practices. I'll say it. They, they work hard for an hour and a half. It is nonstop. But sometimes that just doesn't build up your conditioning. As a runner, yeah, I can run three, four miles at the best of them. But once it gets to seven or eight, that's when you start feeling it. And mm-hmm. I, I just don't think, you know, when the third quarter hit, they were used to that type of football because they're not trained for it. And Detroit was. Yeah. I think, you know, the other thing is, which tell me if you think I'm, I'm nuts. Maybe I'm just overreacting to this. Should they not have been practicing on Wednesday? I, I thought so. You know, I thought that was a little bit strange. If, you know, to me, there was a lot of sort of not ready coming out of the box type of things. Let's take advantage of having an extra day here rather than another day off. But anyway, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I did, I thought you saw a lot of guys in the second half, you know, kind of hands on their on the on the pads, you know, sort of hench. You see it in basketball when guys are tugging on their shorts when they're tired. It kind of felt like that a lot in the second half. You know, you build a 31-14 lead against Detroit. And I know it's like their Super Bowl and all they've been, you know, they, they beat you down last year and they finally have a sellout. I get it. Like, it's a big deal for Detroit and emotions do play into this. And I don't discount that. I think that factors in sometimes. But you had to be able to put that team away. That's a team you got to be able to smoke. You showed last year that you could smoke that team. That was troubling to me. I didn't like those some of the signs. And let's face it. Jeff, people are ready to pounce on Jonathan Gannon to begin with. Like, they are just ready, man. And he gave him even more ammunition to be pissed off at him. And, and, and it was – I didn't like the game plan. I didn't like the way it looked like the guys came in coached up. There were a lot of things that, that could have been better there for sure. Well, this is what's upsetting about the whole not practicing on Wednesday thing. So, I've been obviously focusing around the NFL. One of the minor storylines – it didn't blow up like it should have, but – Basically, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray called out the Cardinals' practice habits after they got blown out by the Chiefs Sunday. And what did they do Wednesday? You see Kingsbury pushing them hard. You see Murray pushing them hard. And Murray said, bottom line, look, I'm responsible for this too. We're all responsible for this. Like, this is unacceptable for a playoff team. And, you know, they seem like, you know, they're they're right. They're like Hornets just ready to sting you. It's I feel bad for the Raiders on Sunday because it does feel like, there's a sense of urgency now because they, they know they can't start 0-2. And I, I just don't know why the, the Eagles this whole offseason, it just feels like they're buying in their own hype a bit. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, look, I bring Wednesday up. If you want to sit like Kelsey or some other guys, and I know they did that later in the week, you want to give those guys a maintenance day, that's fine. I'm not, not looking for Jason Kelsey to be pushing a sled out there. But some of these younger guys like Jordan Davis, there's no reason they couldn't have been out there. Um that's why Monday is going to be really curious because this is such a different ball game. You know what they're going to about to encounter on, on Monday night with Minnesota than it was with Detroit and the things we saw against Detroit, the way that defense played, you're asking the offense every week to drop a 38 spot or, or, you know, 31. And, and, you know, if you want to take away the pick six, that's an awful lot to ask every single week. They, this has really got to get corrected. Like I think the offensive line pass protection issues, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll make those adjusts. They're too good. The track record's too good. The defense, even with all the new faces, Jeff, the jury is very much still out on that defense. Which I don't get. And, again, I, I've heard this around the league. Jonathan Gannon was a candidate for a couple head coaching mm-hmm. jobs. And I don't know if it's the Vic Fangio connection. I don't know if this is the way the league is trending defensively, which it is. But this guy has shown me nothing that he can be an NFL head coach. And yet 
he's getting interviews like he's been in the league for 10 years and had these all-world defenses. Yeah, I, look, I've been very supportive of him, and, and very much I was in the camp last year of he just didn't have enough people, and that's why he took the approach that he took. Now that you've added really significant pieces, and I guess part of it you can alibi away saying, hey, you throw five new faces on any side of the ball, it, it can be a challenge. And that's why I'm not willing to – I'm not going crazy yet. But if this if this looks really bad against Minnesota, and I know they're, they're a, a much better team than, than Detroit, but if this looks really bad again, then people have every right to be angry and, and questioning what's going on there. I, I thought he was aggressive early against Detroit, Jeff, and then kind of pulled back a little bit in the, in the second half. And I'm not really sure why um, you got to get more out of all of these guys. I mean, there were opportunities. And, and, and by the way, I don't want to just lay it all at the feet of Gannon. You got some high price players, man, who didn't show up. So, you know, missed tackles, just not being a factor in general. Uh, there, there was a lot of blame to go around on that side of the ball for sure. Yeah. One thing I, I did want to mention before I switch over to the other NFC East teams here. What did you make of this whole Howie Roseman story? I didn't even know about nothing. it. Yesterday. It's a, it's a, it's a donut, nothing burger. Yeah. That's what I called it. Manufactured drama. And yeah. I, I don't understand. Like you, you know, every team does this, right? They, they yeah. tell the GM what they want and the GM does it. I, I don't know why this was a, even a topic. I, yeah, I part, of it, part of it, Jeff is actives. Like you gotta, you gotta, you know, designate who's who. I, I I don't like. I don't think Howie is sitting there saying, "Hey, listen, in the third quarter with seven minutes and thirty six seconds left, I want Jordan Davis on the field." We know it doesn't work like that. Okay, so and I, I also think, look, this is not a revelation that Howie's you know maybe more involved than other other GMs. It just kind of is what it is. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I think it's much to do about nothing. I do. I think that Jonathan Gannon regrets even saying it. Yes. Do I think there was probably a discussion had? Yes. I think we're focused on the wrong stuff. There's way, way other issues, bigger issues, bigger picture issues than, than stuff like that. It's really not a big deal. It's, it's very similar in a lot of other organizations. Oh yeah. It, it's like, I don't know if you, have you seen Ford versus Ferrari? When they, I loved it. By yeah. Way, yeah. Great movie. But when they called to say, Hey, you know, we got to do the, the top three so we can get the photo. Yes. I, I just love, um, what you call it, Matt Damon's reaction. Yeah. He, yes. He does, it's your, it's your car, Ken. And, yeah, you know, he's, he's like, yeah. I'll start to finish. I, I, I absolutely love that scene. That's yeah, you get chills in that, but I'm with it. But the, I, I feel like people think that's what Howie Roseman does. I'm like, no, that's that's not even close to what actually happens. Look, when they, when they, I, I was gonna say, when they lose, they actually won the game. Uh, when they win in a fashion where people aren't necessarily satisfied, the targets are going to be Hertz, the targets are going to be Gannon, the targets are going to be Roseman, right? We, we know that that's sort of where the, where the missile ends up, you know, catching, and that's. We've gotten it this week. Yeah. So the Giants, I actually think they have a shot here, Rob, to go 2-0. It's, I'm not – I love Matt Rule, but I am just – I don't like the way this Panthers team is run. They did so – they made so many mistakes last week, yeah. and they still almost found a way to win the game. Why? Because they actually decided to give the ball to a playmaker. Like, McCaffrey needs the ball more than 14 yeah. times. You can't play scared. I, I know they're worried he's going to get hurt. you got to throw that out the window. you got to you got to focus on winning the day. And if he's not getting touches, there's no point of having him on you. There's no point paying a running back like that if you're not going to give him touches. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. That's You just live with it. Uh, I've been disappointed. I, I'm a huge Matt Rule fan. I've been disappointed in the way it's gone. I know he's been basically you know, straddled with some crappy quarterbacks, and ultimately that's going to undo anybody in the NFL. But, I, yeah, I haven't been overly impressed. Uh, th the flip side of that is, and I watched the game again the other two nights ago, 
Jeff, the Giants and the uh, and the Titans. It was on the NFL Network. I, I just happened to watch the fourth quarter again. Dable has injected life into that team. They were they were. I say I said it the other day on Sports Take. They're the Walking Dead. They were there with Joe Judge. They were just zombie like, and you could just tell. There's there's they're having fun. They're buying into what he's doing. I love the fact that during that final drive, he's going to the defensive player saying. Hey, listen, just be ready. I'm going for two here. You guys good with that? If we score, go for two. And they're like, really? Yeah, do it. And like that helps incorporate everybody into this thing and, and grow this thing. And, you know, the, the biggest revelation is Saquon Barkley's back, man. He's back in a big way. And this is the guy we saw rookie year, the guy we saw at Penn State. It's not the guy who's limping around on one leg. And that changes everything. I, I think the Giants are going to be a problem, not necessarily this year, but – Real quick in the NFC East. Once he gets a quarterback, I still don't love Daniel Jones. Once he gets a quarterback, look out. I think this guy was a great hire by the Giants. Yeah, it felt like Andy Reid 1999 vibes. Yeah. Like, you know the team's not good, but you see him playing hard. You're seeing the progress. And uh, one of the Giants' storylines that was really – because it's New York, Kadarius Tony, first-round pick, gets seven snaps. And I love what Dable said Monday, and I love how Tony responded to it. He said, look. I'm not just going to give guys slots based on their draft stats. Like, mm-hmm. if you're out player – and Kadaris Tony said, look, if if that's what I got to do to get on the field, he goes, I really don't care. We won the game. If I, I'm – he goes, I know I'm working my butt off on those seven snaps while I'm in there. And to me, that's a professional response you just did not see from that team. Well, that's also the great advantage of of inheriting. Like, you know, it wasn't uh, – the, the GM and the coach didn't draft certain guys. And guess what? You you, you We don't have any, any – um, you know, uh, necessarily a connection to you. You got to earn your, your keep here. Yeah. I was surprised. I actually give Tony credit. I thought he was going to, yeah, I need my touches, man. He didn't, he, he, he took the the right approach about it. So that was, that was very interesting to me and look at what they're doing it with. I mean, they're other than Saquon, Chris Myrick, who's a temple guy, uh, you know, ends up catching the, you know, the, the touchdown that, that leads to the two point conversion. It's everybody stepped up. They're doing it with a really banged up offensive line against the Tennessee team. That was a real good defensive team too. So that was a really – I agree with you, man. It was a really impressive win. I This is a weird game. Like, even from a handicapping standpoint with the with the Giants and the Panthers, I, like, to me, it's sort of a stay away. I, 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 that's what I said. Yeah, I would not touch the game. I wouldn't – you know, on either side. That's a that's – a, I always tell people, like, what do you think about this game? If I don't like it, I say get away from it. I, like, it's – don't force feed something just because you, you feel like you might have to bet it. That's a stay away game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like, I do a super contest every week. I was like that with Seattle-Denver. They're like, oh, you pick Seattle. I'm like, no. I, I mean, Denver. I'm like, no, you don't – you stay away from that game. There's too much at stake. It's a revenge game. It's yep. – I, I don't like revenge. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, what did you think of the whole Jalen Riker? It, it doesn't seem like he's actually matured in the last two weeks. I don't know. I, I, did you ever get a sense that he has he's figured this out? Like even uh, this still in this camp where everybody said he was so much more dialed in. I remember early in camp he he, he tweeted to John Clark about something where Clark oh you, you know it's, it's tweeted out that he dropped the ball. I don't. I'm not sure he's ever going to get it, Jeff. I, I think he's in a position where. He's, it, there, of course, there's going to be a little bit of spotlight on him this week because it's the Eagles. But beyond that, I mean, when you have Thielen and you have Jefferson and you have some of the other talent on that side, he's kind of just a back burner guy, which is probably best. Let him return punts. I mean, he didn't even have a catch in yeah. that game. Would he have one return for seven yards or something, uh, something like that? Like that. It, it, I don't even think he got seven. But it, funny story about the John Clark thing. So I was at camp that day. I was literally standing next to John when John made that tweet. Yeah. And we, we go in the media room and he's just like slamming people. I'm like, wow, no, I'm blocked by him. And I don't know what I did, but it's one of those, John's like, what did I say that was wrong? And I'm like, nothing. 
Like yeah. if Earl Reese was standing next to John, uh, and you know, he he did what he did. Like I, I just don't understand why he has to be on social media. This I just think it tells you he doesn't get it, and I think it's part of part of the reason he's in the predicament he's in. Um, I yeah, like I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, man, how how ironic would it be if he he crushes the Eagles on uh, Monday? I'm saying, did you watch this guy? I mean, that's what you're worried about. I'm worried about Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins having too much time back there. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about Jalen Rager. Give me a break. Yeah, Jalen Rager, it's it, – and Vikings fans are really selling him too. Like, oh, you know, do you imagine wanting to play in Philly? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, and and you, by the way, can we st- – like, uh, well, he was run out of town. No, he wasn't run out of town. He, he got ample opportunity with snaps and you know last year and did nothing this was not a guy who was run out i don't even know what that means run out of town we don't run people out of town you run yourself out sean rodriguez runs himself out of town correct yeah Yeah, those are those um washington detroit this is an interesting game to me too because i thought detroit played well against the eagles and washington's on the eagles level but they still outside of the two carson wentz blunders they looked really impressive yeah. offensively. Well, they have talent. I mean, McLaurin, we saw what, what Dotson is. And people, I know you got the, the fleece on. People know what, what he was all about at Penn State. Um, and it's not just those two. Gibson had a monster all-around game, total yards. There is talent there. It, it really, you know what this comes down to, Jeff? Just Wentz not screwing up. I mean, honestly, he had the little blip where he had the th- two picks in the middle of the game. And I give Rivera, give him credit. He went over and said, look, you get to win this game, man. Like you understand, this is on you. Like they're not. I don't think they're keep treating him with kid gloves. So um, if he stays within himself, and it's a big if for Carson Wentz, Washington is dangerous. This is a much better division. You know, I think the Cowboys are kind of going the wrong way. But the other two sort of afterthoughts that we've had with the NFC East, this is no pushover. Like I, I've seen people. Uh, the Eagles might lose, might split with the Cowboys and, and just run the table with everybody else. It's not going to be that easy. Trust me, it's not going to be that easy. These are two you – know, I, I would put the Giants in a category of keep your eye on them, and I'd say Washington, dangerous. Very dangerous. And one of the things I liked what they did was offensively, they gave the ball to Gibson, and they yep. had different – they had Curtis Samuel in the backfield, and I, I think they tried to make life as easy as they could for Wentz. And then when they said, all right, let's sling the ball. And – I still laugh at the fact he was four for fifteen yard, four for fifteen on pass over five yards, but he did throw two touchdowns there, and yeah. that was when they actually went vertical. Uh, my issue with Washington is the defense, and they can get pressure, but I don't the- like anything that's behind the defensive line. Yeah, that's how yeah. I am, and I think that's what's going to ultimately be their demise. They're just not deep back there. But and the problem is, like, if you're not getting a, a quality pass rush, the other team's going to score a lot of points, which we know what happens then. And and it, look, it did. He, they won the game last week. I'm not taking anything away from that. But what happens then is Carson feels like, oh, my God, I got to carry this thing, which forces Carson into hero ball, which forces Carson into mistakes. That's generally the way this this pattern goes with him when when he feels like everything's on his shoulders. Yeah, and I think Washington's trying to take that off of him. Uh, but overall, do you think Detroit can upset them or – you know, um, I, what I really wonder about with that game, Jeff, is it was such an emotional pitch for them last, and they still lost, by the way. But it was such an emotional pitch kind of game for them, where it was this team killed you last year, forty-four to six. You, whoa, we're going to be up for this. Is there a bit of a come down? That's what I really wonder about. Vegas, you know, has it almost as a toss-up. It's the first time Detroit's favored in you know forever, right? So Vegas almost like flip a coin kind of game. 
I, I got to be honest with you. This is another one I wouldn't get near. This is another game I wouldn't get near. If I had to side with somebody, I man, I'm probably siding with Washington. But I get I wouldn't get a, I wouldn't get anywhere near this game as far as betting goes. It does look like though the stage is going to be set for potentially the Eagles and Washington to be two and zero week three, which is really going to be fun. It is going to be fun, man. We got a couple big ones set up. I mean, like none bigger than than Minnesota, obviously. But yeah, that one is going to be fascinating with with Carson. I can't wait to see that again, man. And I still think Dallas is dead in the water. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I've been talking about them all week, like all the mistakes Jerry Jones has made, but. This team is built for Dak Prescott to succeed, and now Dak Prescott is not here. So I, I just don't know what to make of this football team anymore. What I found fascinating was even before Prescott went down, they weren't good. I mean, they scored a field goal on their first drive and didn't score after that in that game. And, and you know, CeeDee Lamb has two catches. If you're going to anoint him the next guy and let Amari Cooper walk, how does he have two catches? And you know, the offensive line issues are not going away. The McCarthy questions are not going away. You know, Jerry coming out and saying Dak's only going to miss four weeks when, when most doctors will tell you six to eight weeks. There's just a lot of dysfunction there, and I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. This is what, again, this you mentioned the Jerry Jones thing. Dak Prescott basically has the same injury Bryce Harper had. Harper was out two months. And I know baseball and football are different, but it's not like Dak can just go out there and throw a football at high velocity with this thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a delusional, desperate organization that just needs to be relevant. Yeah, I, I and I think that as long as Jerry is in charge like he is, and he is more different than any other owner, as long as he's got his his, his fingers here in the, in the cookie jar like he does, they're, they're, they're forever going to just trip up and get in their own way, even if they have a lot of talent. I feel the same way to an extent about Washington, you know, there, as much as I think Rivera's changed the culture. And like we talked about, there's a lot of talent. There's always the Daniel Snyder factor sort of looming. It, you know, what's he going to do? Is there going to be something else off the field? And, 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 and there's just like bad juju. There's bad karma there. Um, but I think the same thing applies to Dallas. It feels like there's always something and they don't have that great offensive line to lean on anymore. Look on defense, you know, it's, it's Micah Parsons. Who's a, who's a freak of nature. But I don't know if there's a ton else there on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think they're deep defensively, but you're right. It's like Jerron Curse being out is huge, too. So I thought he was good for them. Uh, Anthony Brown's still a good player, but, you know, he's yeah. no James Bradbury. But yep. uh, Vanderus just had a good camp, had a good first game. We'll see if he holds up health-wise. That's a big thing with him. Yeah, exactly. And they're deep on the defensive ball. That's why I'm kind of giving them some shot against Cincinnati. But mm -hmm. I feel like if the Bengals score 20 points, they're not going to score. Well, I think the thing that really plays against Dallas is Cincinnati losing last week. And as poorly as – I don't think you'll ever see Burrow turn it over five times like he did last week. So I think they're – you know, they're raring. Like Cincinnati's going to come out firing. And that's – that's the Dallas would have been better off if Cincinnati won that game last week. Yeah, exactly, because then Cincinnati could get them on the track. Cincinnati knows. They can't go 0-2, no. especially in that division. It, it, it just seems like it, – it, you want to talk about games to play. I think that's one of the games to play, even if they're seven-and-a-half-point fans. I would agree. And, and I, I'll tell you a flip side of that. Pittsburgh was my lock of the week last week. I thought Cincy would sniff themselves week one a little, and I think people are discounting how good Pittsburgh's defense is. And as long as Trubisky plays the way that he played Sunday, where you're not making big mistakes, let your running game do its thing, let your defense play well, Pittsburgh's going to be fine. Like they're not going to be great, but they're going to be fine. Now the Watt thing is a big blow. There's no doubt, but Pittsburgh's better than people think they are. What did you think of the whole 49ers game last week? I kind of just threw it out the window. Uh, me too. I, I can't. If, if look, if their offense looks like it does, did last week again this week, then 
there's red flags for me. That was such a quagmire, and and Chicago's such a a, a laughing stock with for that field. And I know it poured. I'm not I'm not discounting that, but yeah, I think everything gets thrown out the window from that game. I truly do. What's the one thing you want to see week two before I let you go? Oh my gosh. Well, I, the, the one of the things I want to see. I'll, I'll start with the Eagles. I want to see. I want to see a plan that I believe in on the defensive side of the ball. Like I get what they're doing. Like I want to come away from the game saying, all right, I totally understand. Gannon was trying to emphasize this. They were looking to do that. They were looking to take this away. That's the biggest thing. I, and I want to see, I, I truly believe, like I said earlier, I think pass protection will be straightened out. Like I heard Jason Kelsey talking about, it. he said, look, it was just communication stuff. That's on us. We need to fix it. We're, we're too good not to fix it. And I buy it. Like, I believe that when Jason Kelsey says that. But I want to see this defense look like they have a plan. And I want to see Hassan Reddick put in positions to succeed. If I don't see that, Jeff, I'm going to be really disappointed in this team. And I know Minnesota's good. But let's face it. As good as they were last week, what did they score, 23? Mm-hmm. You know, you know other, Jefferson went bananas, but... Thielen didn't do a ton. Cook was good, but he wasn't spectacular. So, you know, I better see a much different Eagles team this week. The, the key thing Monday is, and I, John McMullen and I will say this to fault, the Vikings just can't find offensive linemen and save their life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. You're right. They have two guys who I like and the rest I don't like at all. This should be a game, a multi-sack game. You, know, you, shouldn't, be, you shouldn't have to luck into one because you're, the, the center snap was bad. And, and, you know, when Cox and Graham got their, their half sack, it shouldn't be that, man. I, I honestly think it, it's going to take about a minimum three for the Eagles defense to really shine in this game. I, I think they're going to have to get home that many times. Yeah, they're going to have to do that, and they're going to have to get it. Um, anyway, Rob, I got to let you go, but I'll tell you what. If the Eagles lose Monday night, I'm going to be at the game. <laughs> I, if I'm getting home at 3, 4 o'clock, God, do this show. On two, I'm going to tell people, just tune in. Yes. Just watch me yell for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have bags under our eyes. We'll be our voices will still work. We'll be we'll be screaming and yelling, Jeff. It's not true. Thanks for coming on, Rob. I appreciate All right. it. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Rob Ellis here, and I gotta give uh, Joey McDonald a little bit of credit here. Uh give my tribute, photo show right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. The dark. 
But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. the best burger by state Pennsylvania was um smash burger I never had one I don't even know where there is a smash burger in PA and I'm outside of Philly I, I, I've never seen a smash burger you guys seen one like whoever's listening in I, I've never seen a smash burger never had one so I, I guess that's my goal for the weekend I gotta find a smash burger because apparently it's the best burger in PA by what PA people voted for of the chains I guess um, New York or Shake Shack had their burgers. They are good. Um, five Guys is always my preference, but again, it, it, we're going the chains here. Jersey was, uh, I, I forget what Jersey was. I, I think it was Steak and Shake. That might have been Jersey. I've had them before too, but Smash, I, I got to try that. I got to try Smash Burger now. So just wanted to get that off my chest before we wrapped up here. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown on my picks. Um, I'm fading from the Giants Panthers game. I'm just not doing that game. Uh, I'm not. I don't know who's going to win. I think Washington does beat Detroit. I think Cincinnati beats um, Dallas. And I'll give my Eagles pick Monday. We'll we'll recap week two, week two on Monday and we'll uh, preview the Eagles game. So once again, everybody, I appreciate you listening in. It's been a good week of good morning at MC East. We'll recap everything on Monday. Tuesday's going to be a very interesting show. Uh, Eagles win or lose, let's say that, because I'm going to be dead tired. So, anyway, uh, my name is Jeff Kerr. I appreciate you guys following me. Hit that like button. Uh, continue to comment your thoughts on the show. Have a good day, everybody. Have a good weekend. God bless.